listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. Hey, this episode, we got a new genre alert. Oh, wait, Mallory's searching for the slide whistle. Find the slide whistle. Hurry, deploy the slide whistle. <laughs> first, is this the first slide whistle of 2024? First, I don't know. Do we do one? Last week, I'm not sure. We're doing new genre alerts. When there's new genres, we want to talk about them. Yeah. This one's not so new to most of you, but some of you may not know. It's romanticy. 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 Oh. Plus, we're testing out a bookmark and solving a problem about getting signatures from audiobook narrators, which we've talked about before, but someone is writing in with a very specific problem here. And we got it covered. But first, Bria, what are you reading? Well, speaking of... Fucking romanticy. Um, I finished over the break House of Sky and Breath, which is the Crescent City 2 book by Sarah J. Moss. Ooh, Um, spicy, spicy. You're following up with Bryce and Hunt. Listen, if you haven't read the first one, the second one is not going to make a lot of sense to you. In fact, I was told I had to read multiple other books before even going into this one. I did read another book. That's stressful. Another couple books. But the newest, well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but the newest one comes out later this month, so I had to get this one in. It's basically a continuation of the first one, and there's— This is the Horny Fairy ones, or is it the other series that's the Horny? They're all Horny Fairies. (laughs) (laughs) I thought one series was Horny Fairies and one series was just— Horny regular people. They're not regular people, but they are a mixture of fairies and other types of beings. So there's... But they're all horny. Of course. <laughs> yes. There's there there's people who can get so mad at me. There's a fallen angel. There's... I, I mean, I guess I'd call them werewolves. They probably have another name and people are like, not werewolves! Listen, folks, the only thing that matters <laughs> is if you're horny. And basically, there's a, a rebel uprising happening in this one. Um, and then we're following some of the main characters. And the whole thing is this Bryce character has become known to the world as this special sort of chosen one for various reasons. And, and the story, the saga continues. I don't know how to explain a lot of it without getting too deep into the like. Anyway, it's a it's a rebel uprising, and they're involved. Uh, on I the, think that's on really the side of the rebel, rebel uprising. Horny, fantastical creatures. What, mm-hmm. what more do you need to know? That's really true. There's and there's also like yeah. There's also there's some good side plots that I kind of got into that I was like I'd like to know more about this character who just like saved a person or not a person like a being from seeing the future who was like enslaved but had to see the future. Anyway, uh, that's what I just read. And, it, you know, it's a long-ass book. Took me a minute. That's what I spent honker. most of my break doing. <laughs> just get through this one honker. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading? First off, I just want to thank everyone. We got an overwhelming amount of feedback after our last episode about people who are happy to have us talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Oh, that's nice. And do not care if we talk about fancy books, buzzy books, mm. literary fiction books. People are really happy about spaceships and haunted houses and horny fairies. Thank you so much. Folks, I fucking love you for it. (laughs) So I'm actually not reading a 2024 release. Mm. It's a bit early for that. There's hardly any out. We're recording this on January 6th. I I have like 16 arcs in my inbox. Oh, I guess I do too, but I forget about (laughs) that. I I purposely don't think about (laughs) that. I don't, I don't. Um, But I'm reading a book that I've been really pumped to read for a while. It's called The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Brammer. Hmm. And it is a literary fiction book, which is funny. Uh, (laughs) Ironic. 
<laughs> but it's about this woman and she works as a death doula in New York City. And basically, like, it is her job to help people die and be there with people as they die, especially people who don't have any family, don't have anyone. She gets hired by these care facilities or by hospitals and stuff to just be with people as she dies. And the thing about her is she helps people die and listens to their last regrets. But her grandfather died a number of years ago and she lives they lived together. They lived in this giant old apartment in New York City, and she's never really gotten over it. So she is very lonely. Like, she's never really even gotten stuff out of the apartment. Like, she hasn't gotten over this, which is, again, funny because she's helping people, like, die and get over their regrets until finally she ends up helping this one older woman pass away. And her that that older woman has a final wish for her and wants to help her track— I haven't gotten there yet, but in the uh, synopsis is, I think it's helping her track down the man that she used to be in love with after oh, she dies. Okay. So she, this woman dies and the main character feels beholden to her and is like, all right, I guess I'm going to go on this wild cross country journey. And of course, like she, through the journey, she learns how to be alive mm-hmm. and, you know, love and feel and not be lonely. And um, I'm just really excited. It feels like a really nice book to start the year with. And um, it's just very sweet and lovely so far. Um, And I'm really enjoying it. It's called The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Brammer. And mine is House of Sky and Breath, which is Crescent City 2 by Sarah J. Moss. House of Sky and heavy breathing. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We did an episode recently about reading books over a long period of time. And Bria, so many people wrote in to tell us about Dracula Daily. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've talked about it on the show before. Yes, people love Dracula Dracula Daily. It's out as a book now, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, isn't that just Dracula? Yeah, I don't understand what it is, but people love it, so it's got to be great. Jackie wrote in to say, your last episode about reading a book over a long time made me think of Dracula Daily. Dracula is written as a journal over a little less than a year, and Dracula Daily emails you the part of the journal that happened on May 6th on May 6th. It was a really cool way to experience the story, and I think they're doing a new one, maybe Frankenstein or something, but it sounds really fun, and I'm glad that people really, really love it. I've read Dracula. I love Dracula. And I think it's a, I mean, it's kind of a nice thing to start your day with. It's also a good way to experience the book as it as it happened. That's interesting. Yeah. Rhiannon wrote in and said, I uh, was listening to episode 335 while I was drinking tea on my way to work and I've 100% taken a long time to read some books. Wait, why is the tea? Is the tea important to this story? No. I love it. It's just ambiance. I Listen, I'm, I'm wanting to know. Specifically, it took me eight months to read American Gods and Good Omens because I felt like they would be better fits for a TV show medium. And lo and behold, I was right. I thought of a term that we could coin for this, book steeping. Oh, I see. This is why the tea. Book steeping. Taking a long time to read, but the flavor gets stronger over time. That's fun. I like that. I'm book steeping this book. I'm steeping. Yeah, I'm steeping this book. I I love that. Also, we have an update about the Facebook. Yes, we love it. Folks on the Facebook are thriving. Danielle posts, what are you reading Wednesdays, which is always different, and the comments are perfection. Kathy posts new ep discussions on Thursdays, and I, Rhiannon, post fucking hooray Fridays, where we celebrate wins of the bookish and beyond. There is never any book shaming, and we are so proud of Glassers that dump that book. We love it. We're grateful that you both helped foster a community of like-minded readers who are always ready to help with recommendation requests and positive reading experience. Wow. Even though we are no longer on Facebook, we love this. And we just really appreciate Danielle and Kathy and Rhiannon for continuing to moderate this lovely little group. It's very nice. 
And then Abby wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is queer memoirs, literary horror, main character spiraling into madness, good for her slash female rage, poetically written nonfiction, unreliable narrators, subculture setting slash subject matter. I think that means like some, it's like set in a subculture. Yeah, like this is all, this takes place in like, you know, look in a bunch of metalheads or D&D groups or gardeners. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's a cool one. That is a fun one. And I do kind of like that too. I like that too because you kind of get to learn about that subculture Mm -hmm. as you're reading. It's a little bit of a learning thing, which you know I like. Inside of a Reddit. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And then two very important bookmarks for you. Yes, you, the person reading this. So the readathon, the reading glasses readathon. <gasps> the readathon. Oh, get out that whistle. Oh, yeah, Here we yeah. go. Is happening on February 3rd. That is a Saturday. It is February 3rd, a Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're just going to read all day. That's all you got to do. Pick a stack of books and read them with us. We're going to probably do some Instagram lives and check in on how folks are doing. But that's what's going on. Prepare your stack. Last time we did it, what, like kind of like a nine to five situation? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, that's for our time. So yes. It, yes. But you can join and unjoin whenever you want. Check mm-hmm. in with us. Tell us what you're reading. It's really just it's an really excuse fun. to get a bunch of snacks and get a bunch of books and read all day. Love that. Very pumped. Also, speaking of, we are doing a Glasser voted book club. Oh, yeah. This was one of our Max Fun Driver awards. Yeah. So we're finally doing it. If you have a book that you would like to nominate, we've already started the nominations and the voting in the members only Slack channel. Uh, and the front runner right now is Starling House by Alexi Harrow, which I love I'm. That. I haven't very- read it. So, Neither have I. That was, it come, did it come out last year? Yeah, that was one book. Yeah. So remember, I did, I was going to read it, but the art came in as a PDF and I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm actually really pumped because I really wanted to read this book and I've heard nothing but good things about it. So before the end of January, email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you have a book that you want to nominate and we will add it to the tally. Or if you were in the Reading Glasses Slack, find that thread, get in there with voting. And then next month we will announce when we're doing a members only zoom for the book club mm-hmm. it's gonna be really fun uh so before we talk about romanticy we're gonna take a quick break Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Mosh. If you were busy, constantly on the go, maybe doing a lot of reading like some people who listen to this show, you can try Mosh. It is a protein bar made for your brain, a.k.a. made for readers. Each Mosh bar includes 12 grams of protein and is made with ingredients that support brain health like omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh protein bars are the snack your brain and your body will crave. And Mosh donates a portion of all proceeds to to support women's brain research through the Women's Alzheimer's Movement at Cleveland Clinic. And they have a new line of plant-powered protein bars. You know, we love it. In three delicious flavors for those who want all the protein and brain support in the original bar, now made with plant-based ingredients, which, of course, we love. Yeah, those plant-based flavors include banana bread and chocolate peanut butter, which is... The best flavor of all time. There's actually not a flavor that's better than chocolate and peanut butter. I agree. Those are the two best flavors always. Yep. Jelly... Get out of here. <laughs> Chocolate's here to, to take over for you. It's so true. So if you are running around, busy, like basically everybody on in the world, Mosh 
protein bars have got you covered for both keeping your brain going and your body going. So don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and your mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. Whether you're at the gym, on the go, or just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. Head to moshlife.com glasses to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack, which includes all six mouthwatering flavors, M-O-S-H-L L-I-F-E dot com slash glasses. 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 The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're kicking off a whole new type of episode. Hot genre alert. Get out your Wii U Wii U's. <laughs> we get asked about new genres and subgenres so often that a new regular feature on Reading Glasses will be Hot Genre Alert! Wee-oo, wee-oo! Wee-oo, wee-oo! Giving you all the details on the newest, hottest genres and subgenres taking the world by storm. Today's Hot Genre Alert is about romanticy. Yeah. You, you all have heard of romanticy. <laughs> you have to be living under a book rock to not... I, I want to live <laughs> under a book rock. So we, we just started discussing the subgenre last year and predicted that it would be the new hot genre for 2024. Mm-hmm. And so far... Are we right? Yeah, we're. I think we're incredibly right. I think this genre is so hot; it's literally it's catching the world afire. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Bria, what is what is romanticy? Romanticy is a romance novel that takes place in a fantasy world, not a fantasy novel with a romance subplot. Okay, so it has to be mostly romance novel and. That means the romance is the main thrust. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the main part of the storyline. <laughs> Thrust, the main boner of the storyline, if you will. <laughs> she can't even breathe. That didn't even make any sense when I said. Okay. Main boner of the storyline. Yeah, it's, it can't be like oh, because and you know that it can't be like a. This is a fantasy book with like a romance, a little bit of romance on the side. No, this is gonna be fucking romance. Yeah, romance in it, and it can be light fantasy. It can be about humans using magic in our world. It can be high fantasy. You know, all the fantasy creatures your little brain can imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, it, includes, it can be any kind of fantasy. So it includes all those like witch romances for sure. Yes, and like magic stuff romance. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that book that you read? Small Town Big Magic or something? Something like that. But was there a romance in it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Rodan- romance so. at the center. Yeah, that was definitely one. But also, like, um, A Discovery of Witches, a romance is actually in the center, which oh, is, like, yeah, from a few go. years ago, which is a witch-vampire crossover, but also big fantasy world, but romance at the yeah. center. Yeah. 
But then it also has stuff, you know, that's like legends and lattes that's like mm. orcs and centaurs and fairies. So mm-hmm. it's like it's a pretty wide spectrum of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And the worlds are usually accessible. I read this article, which I will link to on Book Brunch. I also want to do that. Um, I want to get out from under my book rock and go to Book Brunch. Brunch. It talks about the overuse of the label right now because it's so popular. And I guess publishers are just nabbing up any romantic they can find and also slapping that label on things that are more fantasy and yes. less romance because anytime there's a subgenre that's buzzy people are going to be like well that's also my book or, or people, people want to sell books sell yeah and which you know makes sense but to be a true romantic book it kind of does need to have that romance yeah, it has at, to have that romance boner yeah yeah but on the plus side it's a nice gateway book for yes. romance readers to get into fantasy or vice versa fantasy readers to get into romance you got your fan- nice- fantasy in my romance you got your romance <laughs> in my fantasy <laughs> and now they're making babies yes or just making out. Yeah. So people have been writing romanticy for years. This is not a new type of book, but it is a new term for it. Bria, why do we think romanticy is so hot right now? Well, this is in that article. Also, this is what kind of came up in my head, which I think that you have the happily ever after plot, yes. right? Like that's the romance means that these two characters that you are shipping are going to get together at some point in time. So you know this character is going to make out or at least go into a closed room with this other character and something's going to happen. We don't know what happens, but something happens. Usually they're going to kiss. People want that guaranteed happily ever after. People people like that, especially I think because the world is a little like Depressing chaotic. as fuck. It's been really chaotic the last few years and I think people are looking for something like that. I also think it's important to note that um, a lot of these books have not just diverse characters because like one is, you know, an orc. A centaur. <laughs> um, but also there's a lot of uh, queer romances at the center of these and I think it's something people are really craving. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter if you're queer or don't identify as queer, I think people like reading queer romance and that's kind of an, a I wonderful mean, thing happening right we're now. We're p- preaching to the choir right now. I know now. we are. <laughs> And I think the other thing is that it's perfect for book talk. And book talk is so mm-hmm. popular. Like, there's something about book talk that they're like, you can do this very simple, like, you know, it's a fucking werewolf makes out with the with the girl. And, like, you're like, I'm going to read that. Uh, yeah, and, you're like, here's my wallet. Yeah. And so I think something about it being being able to distill it down to something that small, that easy. Very is very great for something simple like book talk. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I got a shout out friend of the show, my best friend, Lauren Pinto. She told me early last year that romanticy was going to be the new hot wave and she was 100% correct like way early she was like I forget what we were talking about she was but she was like yeah this is the new subgenre that's going to be huge wow um, and she nailed it and I, I agree people are definitely looking for an escape and I think the thing about the escapism in romanticy is it's like the greatest hits of escapism because you have the formulaic comfort of the romance. You mm. have that guaranteed happily ever after, but you also have like the magical escapism of fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, it really is a buffet of escapism. <laughs> it's the ultimate combo. It's the boner of, <laughs> of escapism. I'm just going to keep using it in various terms see when it works. <laughs> when it works. Sometimes it works, it hasn't worked yet. Let's just keep going. <laughs> but it, it, I, I agree, you know, the world is fucking, has been brutal for a while and it continues to be brutal. And, you know, we all just want, I was going to say, a big warm hug, but maybe we all <laughs> want... A hug. It's a hug. <laughs> a big sloppy kiss. <laughs> sure. Big warm something. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, and also something that we deal with a lot on the show is when you're looking for a specific type of book, it can be hard if there isn't a term for it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that there's a term, like before before this term got popular, you would literally have to look for romance, like paranormal romance or like romance with fantastical elements or like fantasy with heavy mm-hmm. romance. Like, when you have something that's so easy to search and yeah. like you said, yeah. pitch, it's very easy for people to find it. Yeah. And there's just, I think the book publishers have realized people want it. So there's going to be a lot. We're going to get a glut of these and some of them will be good and some of them may not be great, but we will see how it goes the rest of but the year. Because people them. apparently are paying high dollar for ones that haven't even been written yet. Like they're like, that's a great idea. I'm going to buy that. Like there's just been like a, a lot of people buying these kind of books. So you think someone would want to write, want, want to read one about me and Book Buddy? Uh, yes. I think that they are all kinds. <laughs> I was telling Mallory, one of my friends is reading one that's about, it's an erotica with nutcrackers. Or gingerbread? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. That makes gingerbread. No, Maybe it's gingerbread no, the nutcracker, and nutcrackers. Because the nutcracker makes more sense. <laughs> no, not, not in a nut way, but like in he, a, a, it's a human shit, like. Oh. Like, he's made out of wood. I like, thought you just meant, he's made out of wood. I thought you meant because maybe he has, like, a working mouth. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, a nutcracker come to life, It's that's just, like, a soldier-looking person. Oh, I a see. A gingerbread man is just going to break. I see. I think you it was gingerbread man. Gingerbread I think man. there's both in this world. I, I'll find it. I'll find fuckable it. Fuckable gingerbread man? I think there's fuckable gingerbread man, men. And this is more erotic. Just, My friend even like, little limbs will break off. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. The <sighs> nutcracker makes total sense to me. Uh, yeah. It does? I mean, in human obj- form, objectively, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like yes, and, and like the magical nutcracker, like like the the yeah, story, the nutcracker, the nutcracker comes to life, he does a bunch of ballet, like the gingerbread man does a little dance. Just mm-hmm. seems very strange to me. A lot of frosting involved. Uh, yeah, yikes. Anyway, wow, we gotta this. Hopefully, no, this is not. <laughs> hopefully, people pay attention to the explicit rating on this show. All, all right, Brio, have there been any books that we love or excited to read? We did get our friends over at Orbit sent us a bunch of romanticism. Yes, I'm very excited we're to read some of those. Really pumped about. Yes. And you're in the Crescent City. Yeah, so Crescent City 3 comes out later this month, and that's the last one. Okay, I don't have to read, like, 17 books to catch up with this one, which I appreciate, so that's the last one in the series. And I'm excited to finish out that series of that romanticy. It's interesting because, like, I will say a romance is at the center, much more of the second one than the first one. I mean, the first one is kind of like an enemies to lovers kind of thing, but it's interesting to see— how that has progressed. And I guess we'll see what happens in the third one. I also read the other Sarah J. Moss one, which is it? Court of Thrones. That's the one I'm going to start reading this year. Oh, okay. I bought it. I have got it. I am ready. really interesting what happens in the second. The first one, you kind of kind of understand the plot very immediately. The second one is a pr- pretty surprising. I've read the first and second one. But yeah, I can I would say it's a it's a fun read. So that's what you're going to read this year? Well, I am looking up all of the... We Luckily, because Lauren's my best friend, but also because she really... She called the yeah, romanticy. Yeah, sure. I, I literally texted her and was like, we're doing an episode about romance. Can Orbit hook us up? And she was like, oh, oh, oh we got you covered. Oh, good. So I am looking up these right now. There is a series that I've been really pumped about that was self-published and then Orbit bought them and made these fucking incredible covers for them. It's called the Mead Mishap series by Kimberly Lemming and... The first one is called That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. <laughs> There's one called That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion at a Werewolf. <laughs> the covers are amazing. And like, I literally don't need any more information other than the title, but I'm really, really pumped about them. And we're going to read those. And there's also one coming out that I'm real that both of us are really pumped about called A Letter to the Luminous Deep by Sylvie Cathral. 
And I mean, it's it just seems like such it's a like underwater fantasy, magical fantasy. academia, heartwarming pen pal romance for fans of Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. Like it just sounds so it's very bookish and magical and and romantic. And I was like, this is catnip for the glassers. So and it's it's like all it, it's epistolary. So it's all in letters. Oh, which I do I'm, love that. I'm just I'm super, super pumped. And I mean, we love Orbit. And they're on that hot boner edge of mm. romantic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they have so much, <laughs> so much going on. So those are the ones I'm excited about. I'm finally excited to get into the world of Sarah J. Moss and see what everyone's been talking about. Very excited for the Mead mishaps and um, Luminous Deep. Well, there's, there's some other ones that we have too, but those are the ones we're really pumped up about. I'm actually really pumped about the romanticy wave because I've been trying to get more into fantasy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been reading a lot of romance for the past year, which I am not going to stop because I'm just so into it. But and I have been actively trying to get into more fantasy. But sometimes when I do, I'm like, all right, I have to memorize this family yeah. tree. I have to look at this map. Like, I, you know, it's a lot of onboarding. Mm-hmm. And yes. you're right. There, A lot of romanticy is more accessible. A lot of them are either one-offs or trilogies or like short, you know, mm-hmm. not a lot of books and they're easier to, easier to get into. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, it's not the Sarah J. Moss ones though, just so you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm aware. <laughs> there is a lot of name learning. A lot right. of, you got to learn a lot of people's names, but, <laughs> and, and actually when I picked up Crescent City too, I had to call my friend and be like, remind me what this is that I'm thinking <laughs> that I'm reading. I like, cause it's been like a year since I read the other oh. one. So I couldn't remember a lot of stuff that had happened. It's yeah, yeah. it's, it's tough, but mm-hmm. most, most, it seems like most romanticies are pretty, pretty easy to get into. So mm-hmm. I'm pumped. I'm really excited. So you can send your thoughts on romanticy to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Dipsy. Speaking of an escape, do you ever want to get an escape from your everyday life, from doing laundry, from cleaning out the sink for the millionth time? It feels like every time I look in my kitchen sink, it's filthy. I'm like, this is the place where things get clean. Why is this so dirty? (laughs) If you need to get away from sprinkling, what is that stuff called? Like the powdery? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, Comet. Yeah. If you need a break from that... You can get lost in a steamy fantasy world with hundreds of sexy short stories from Dipsy designed to turn you on whatever your fantasy is. But Bria, what is Dipsy? Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters, including a growing library, a fantasy... Wow, with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. This is the perfect episode for this, this is the perfect exact episode. ad. Well, that's how you know Dipsy is really cares about readers and is paying attention yeah, to the paying book attention world. Because they're like, we need on. someone. I just see somebody like on the phone, like a single phone in a room that's like, we need we need horny fairies. Stat. We need to get some horny fairies in here, stat. And if that's not what you're into, they also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. But these, we love the audio stories from Tipsy. And I just, I just love that they're really paying attention to what's hot and new and interesting in the reader world. Yeah, it's cool. So for listeners of Reading Glasses, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. 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 
Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, Yes, you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for that. Oh, we can cure you. You should listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast, Oh, oh No, no Ross, Ross and, and Carrie. Time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week... We are testing out a leather bookmark that was sent to us by Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thank you so much. We're going to give our, our hot opinions about leather bookmarks today. This bookmark in particular, it's a small leather bookmark in the shape of a cat, but it's not just one piece of leather. It's two thin pieces of leather stuck together with a little rivet. So Bria, what are, you, what are your thoughts on leather bookmarks? Is this a, a good bookmark material? Yeah, I so... Okay, this one in particular, so the whole thing is is it's like a cat, and then you kind of, you can spread the two cats apart and put the book in between the two cats. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you can put the the page in between the two flaps of leather because of the rivet. And this bookmark sat downstairs in my house for a long time, and I kept thinking about using it. But it was, it felt, it's a little, look, on the bookmark thickness scale, it's quite thick. She thick. It's, uh, (laughs) it is, I mean, it is going... I mean, full centimeters. Yeah, it's a big. It's big. Full, full centimeter. If not, I don't know how big a centimeter is. But do you think that's, <laughs> think that's two centimeters? I don't know. I'm not from the UK. I, but I, well, it's definitely not an inch. So no. I don't know how to do. I would say that it's at least two millimeters thick. Two millimeters. Anyway, we don't know anything about <laughs> measuring stuff. But I would say like it's definitely not a centimeter. A centimeter is like half of an inch. Oh, is it? Okay, I see this is like half of a half an inch, a fourth of an inch. This is about a fourth of an inch almost. Anyway, it's a thick-ass bookmark because there's two pieces of leather put on top of each other. And I never used it because I couldn't quite figure out. I mean, I think you're supposed to use it where you put one part in where you're reading and one part just like somewhere else. But I didn't like that process. Like I was like, but where's the other one go? It's like, don't you think you put, okay, so let's say you're here on chapter three. Yeah. And then you put that there and then you're going to put. Yeah, you put the instead of using the full bookmark, you put the pages in between the two leather flaps. Yeah. And so but then what you just choose a random place for the second cat. I don't love that idea. I don't like that it's random. But I, I it's kind of like the it's kind of like the leather version of those magnetic cat bookmarks where you like. Yeah, but those I can clip on just one page. Oh, yeah, you're right. Which this, I guess you could, but I think it'd be hard. But I will say, now that it's in a book and I'm looking at it right now, it's very cute because it looks like a little cat's picking out the That's top. That's really huge that points actually, on aesthetics like, for this. The aesthetic is very cute. And I will say, it's not going to move. Yes. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. It's very stuck in there. The so, thing about leather bookmarks is that they get, they're too thick, but because of the texture of the leather, they stay in a book. They have mm. a lot of stamina. They stay in there a long time. Yeah. Longer. Okay. Okay. So you liked it. Well, it grew on me. At first, I didn't like it because the same thing. I was like, oh, too thick. But mm-hmm. the thing about leather bookmarks is, you know, they have a good, they, they, they're they good purse uh, bookmarks because they 
have a lot of staying power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love a little cat head sticking out of the top it of my really book. It is really cute, the little cat head. We'll have to put a photo of this online because it is very cute seeing this little cat head. And once I realized, you know, because it's two pieces of leather pinned together, you can slip the top of the page in between, you know, with one flap on one side, one flap on the other. I liked it a lot better because it doesn't feel as, it's not making your book bulge as much. But it's still probably not for me because taking the few extra seconds to get the page in between the flaps kind of annoys me. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm giving it a three out of five pages because it's so cute, so aesthetically cute, and it has so much stamina. But I just like a bookmark that I can throw in there. Yeah, and and it takes up a lot of space. Like, I kind of felt like it was like junking up. Like, I had it out, like I was going to try to use it, and then I just never ended up using it. And it just, it's it's a lot. It's I mean, it's not a very big thing, but because it's thick and you can't just throw it in a drawer, you know? I mean, you can. Well, you could throw it in a drawer. I was gonna, how you throw anything is, in a drawer. I was like, how small is that drawer? <laughs> I don't know. It felt like it take up a lot of space. I don't know why. I think you just got annoyed because it was sitting around for a while. That's probably what it was. What, what are you giving it? Three out of five? Three out of five. Yeah, I'll say the same because the aesthetic is very cute. Yes. Like, and it might be a good gift for someone who, you know, doesn't care as much about thickness. Thickness. I will, I get a, I, I have a lot of leather bookmarks because they, leather bookmarks are really pretty and I get them as gifts from people, but I don't use them often because they're so thick. But this one, because it had, you can stick it in like one, one piece in one page, another piece in it, a couple of other pages. It is better than most leather bookmarks it, for that reason. But yeah, probably still I'll not for me. You. Three out of five. But who doesn't want a little cat head sticking out of the top of their book? So you can send your bookmark and book tech ideas to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or check out the wish list in our show notes. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Vivi wrote in, what is the etiquette about getting a book signed by the narrator of the audiobook? Is it okay to have the narrator sign the physical book? My friend is going to a convention where both the author and the narrator of a favorite book of his are attending separately, and he would like to get both of their autographs, but he's worried that it would offend one or both of them to have the narrator sign the physical book. But he doesn't own the book on CD because it would be like 25 discs long, and this is 2023, we have the technology. (laughs) I told him to just go ahead and have the narrator sign the book, Did I Do Wrong? Is there something else besides the honker set of two dozen plus CDs that would be better to have signed? Bria, as someone who has signed many things in your life, what do you think? I like this idea. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I like getting the idea of getting your uh, the narrator to sign the actual book. I think that's cool. Let's say you have an actor on a TV show and you have a poster. They didn't create that TV show. They're just in that TV show. Yeah. But you want them to sign the poster. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's... I think that that's totally fair game. And maybe the narrator, I mean, something I know, like, if I sign something for something that I'm in, I'll put, like, you know, my signature, which is unreadable, and then, uh, like, the character I played underneath. So maybe they could write, you know, narrator underneath, uh, you know, so that you know whose signature is whose instead of, like, so you have the authors on, like, the main page, but then you have the narrator on another page, and they write narrator underneath. And I think that could be nice. It's, like, all in one kind of place. And this person is an interesting part of your relationship with the book and also did you something creative in regards to the book. So I think it's an interesting, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. That I think that's a great way to do it. What about you? What do you think? I 100% agree. Totally fine for a narrator to send the book. I mean, because on one thing, yeah, the CD would be ideal for signing, but it would not be ideal for having because nobody wants 25 discs. No, no. And you don't need to. I mean, like, we You're had someone write those. in who had them sign their phone. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was for an ebook. Oh, that was for an ebook. It but wasn't you for could, an audiobook. But you yeah. could also do a screenshot of the audiobook cover. Oh, I like that. A screenshot of the audiobook cover, and then they sign Digitally that, sign and that. then you could just frame that or or laminate it. 
but i like honestly i really like having both signatures especially like i promise you as an author and as also the narrator of my own book. Yeah, I don't know if you're the person who can actually weigh <laughs> in on this. It, uh, if someone else had narrated my uh, my books, I would not be offended if they signed yeah. copies because they brought the audio version of it to life. And if I was a narrator narrating someone else's book, I would be very flattered if someone's like, hey, I really loved your performance on this. Can you sign this? Yeah, and it's a long process for people to to do audiobooks. So I think like, you oh, know, they so put so a lot so into it. There's one blood to your, I'm about, <laughs> I'm scheduling my recording for the new book right oh, now. Wow. And I'm like, here we go here again. We go. It is a lot of work and audiobook narrators need more love. We've been definitely seeing as audiobooks become more popular, people are, you know, now paying attention to their narrators more they sometimes fall that's the other thing too is sometimes people come to a book because of the who, the person that's who's right. narrating that's it. right so i i don't think that you can overstate the importance and the contribution an audiobook narrator makes to an audiobook and i think vv i think you did great great and anyone else who wants to get a narrator to sign a book great idea so if you want us to solve your reader problem you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always want to thank the wonderful mods who on our facebook group we're so happy we got an update from them today and Folks, new year, new stuff. If you want to buy some reading glasses merch, it really helps us and supports our very hungry animals. There's a link in the show notes to our Void merch store. And if you like the show, maybe you just started listening recently. It's new year. Maybe you're like, time to jump in. We would really appreciate if you rated and reviewed us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Maybe you listen to Apple Podcasts. Spotify, whatever it is, it is great for us. It really helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artist owned shows, supported directly by you.